Yesterday afternoon, Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, I think, has solidified himself as an all-time gamer. Now, I know that's probably an overreaction. I don't cover the NFL much, so I'm going to stick with that overreaction. I trust him as a player. Watching him in college, though, in 2021 and in 2022, I think many of us could have seen this coming. Because watching his progression during his time with the Buckeyes was beautiful. You can see C.J. Stroud's brain working every time that he moves. He's an intelligent player. He is a great leader. He's an elite person. He has elite talent. He is everything you want in a quarterback. And I hope that he wins multiple Super Bowls and playoff games and gets Pro Bowl awards and MVP awards with the Texans. And I hope that the Texans build an even better supporting cast around him and give him, you know, the freedom to make decisions and, you know, be fluid because we all know that some NFL franchises are just stubborn and put their players in absolutely terrible places, a.k.a. Bryce Young with the Carolina Panthers. But I digress. I just wanted to shout out C.J. Stroud. I am by no means an NFL guy, but C.J. Stroud is my favorite college football quarterback, and this is despite me being a Michigan fan. And as a Michigan fan, someone who vehemently cheers for Michigan to pound Ohio State every single season. I'm hoping that they can meet up 11-0 versus 11-0 and that Michigan can beat Penn State this weekend. C.J. Stroud is a monster at quarterback, and he definitely was a gift to Ryan Day. He helped Ohio State have tremendous success on the offensive side of the ball, and I am going to reference him and his game in college and also you know reflect on his NFL performance as well throughout the video, because I think that what he did in college and also what he is doing right now with the Texans can relate to some of Ohio State's offensive struggles right now. When you have an elite quarterback, when you have a Heisman quarterback, when you have a generational quarterback, that helps you out a lot. And sometimes just a difference between a good or great quarterback versus a generational quarterback can make a world of difference. But would that matter all too much for this Ohio State team? Or if it matters a ton, would that still be able to hide a lot of Ohio State's weaknesses offensively? Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. And I meant what I said just about a minute ago. I hope that, you know, the Texans and the Lions just have tremendous success. I'm rooting for Aiden Hutchinson, Nico Collins. I'm rooting for Daxton Hill and every Michigan player in the NFL. But I'm rooting for C.J. Stroud to have success with the Texans. I meant that. And the Texans and the Lions becoming the next superpowers of the NFL, totally unrealistic, but I hope that it somehow happens as I'm from Michigan. Therefore, by proxy, I'm essentially a Lions fan. But for the rest of this video, we are going to be talking from a college football angle and talking about Ohio State football, as that's the main topic here. So please make sure to subscribe to the channel and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I release more college football content. Like the video so we can get this content into the algorithm. And comment your thoughts on Ohio State's offense down below. 
What do you think some key issues are, whether they're schematic, personnel? Just talk to me down below in the comment section. And if you want to support the channel, last thing I'm going to say, check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and via the pinned comment. You can sign up as an all-conference patron where you'll be thanked for your support at the end of the video. If you sign up as an All-American or Heisman patron, you also get insider access to bonus content, my picks for college football Saturdays that I release Saturday mornings, and Potential Power is going to be back up next week, not this week, but Potential Power has been over 50% in picking spreads and around 75% in picking money lines, so you also get access to my power rankings, which I'm trying to develop, and it's evolving relatively quickly, and I'm pleased with the progress and performance that it has had. So, Ohio State this season noticeably has taken a step back on the offensive side of the ball. In 2021, the Buckeyes scored 45.7 points per game. And in 2022, they scored 44.2 points per game. This season, Ohio State has scored 32, 32.8 points per game. That is nearly a two-touchdown difference every game. Every game in terms of offensive production. And the defense, well, it's remarkably better. And you can tell that just via the eye test. The defense in 2021 allowed 22.8 points per game. In 2022, Ohio State improved on the defensive side of the ball and only averaged 21 points allowed per game. And in 2023, the Buckeye defense is currently second in opponent points allowed per game, only allowing 10.7 points per game, which again is second in the nation behind Michigan's number one scoring defense, which on average only allows 6.7 points per game. Ohio State right now has an average of 22.1 points that separate its team versus their opponents. On average, they outscore their opponents by 22 points per game this season. Last year, they outscored their opponents on average by 23.2 points per game. So the margin of victory really hasn't changed. But this Ohio State team is noticeably different, much more defensive, much less offensive. They're also second in the simple ranking system, according to sportsreference.com, once again only behind Michigan, who's at number one. This Ohio State team is really, really good. They're an elite team, and I don't want to get away from that. But this offense has taken a bigger step back than certainly I expected, and I think many of you Ohio State fans and college football fans expected. They lost their center, both of their offensive tackles, and their generational quarterback, but returned all of their running backs, an NFL tight end, Cade Stover, NFL wide receivers in Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, and NFL guards in Matthew Jones, Donovan Jackson, and we knew even with some limitations along the offensive line, particularly at tackle, that Ohio State had talent there. And Kyle McCord learned and was tutored by C.J. Stroud, who's a five-star out of high school. So he was expected to step in and, while not immediately be as good as C.J. Stroud or perhaps ever, 
as great of a quarterback as Stroud was. He was expected to perform at a near-elite, elite level nationally. And that just hasn't happened so far this year, and I don't think really anyone can deny that. But I don't think that Kyle McCord is the biggest part of the problem for this offense. In fact, I might go as far to say that he isn't the problem, period, amen. And if he had a better supporting cast, if there were better plays called, and if Ohio State's players could stop suffering from injuries, which isn't their fault, it's never someone's fault when they get injured unless they do something egregiously asinine, which hasn't been done by an Ohio State player, that reflects on the strength and conditioning staff. There are other issues that tie back to Ohio State's offense. This defense for Ohio State is physical. They are tough. They're gritty. They only allow the amount of yards they do partially because of their scheme. They 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 bend, and they're okay with bending, but they don't break. I think that Jim Knowles learned how to adapt his 4-2-5 to the Big Ten by looking at Michigan's 4-2-5 defense, because the way Ohio State plays defense is very similar to how Michigan played defense last year. A great defensive line play. I think this Ohio State team has much better defensive tackles and interior presence than Michigan's defense did last year, though Michigan had a, I think, overall better or similar pass rush. But the secondary is the most notable area of improvement on this defense. Ohio State tackles pretty well. They've had some missed tackle issues, but they still tackle all around well. They're elite at defending the pass. They're the number one pass defense in the country, according to the average passer rating they allow per game. And they allow minimal amounts of yards and points. They're physical. They're mentally and physically tough. Ohio State's offense, I think, is perhaps mentally tougher than previous offenses, but I think overall it is a physically weaker and slower unit overall compared to previous seasons. Let's compare some statistics from last year's offense to this year's offense. Um, and 2022 and 2021 had similar offenses, and I've compared them before in the preseason when trying to predict the 2023 offense. They're overall very similar. The 2022 offense had a better rushing offense than the 2021 unit, and 2021 had a better passing offense than the 2022 unit. Overall, both had great offensive line play. I think the 2022 offense had a higher ceiling, but I think Ryan Day wanted to run the football more, wanted to control more time of possession, and therefore the team, the offense rather, was a little slower, and that was intentional. And overall, 2022 Ohio State was much better than 2021 Ohio State. And I think that the bowl game against Georgia showed that even with a slight statistical drop-off, the 2022 offense was better than the 2021 offense. At least in my mind, it's just an opinion. But let's focus on the here and now while comparing to last year. Last year, Ohio State passed for 298.3 yards per game, and they had an average of 3.2 touchdown passes per game. This season, you see that Ohio State, in terms of passing yards per game, only passes for 15 less yards per game. However, they pass for 2.1 touchdowns per game, which is a whole one touchdown less through the air per matchup. And I think that's interesting. 
the passing offense on a very surface level. Obviously, there are big differences when you look at the accuracy between Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud. But a large part of that is due to the fact that the wide receiver core didn't change at all compared to last year. Marvin Harrison Jr. returned, Emeka Igbuka returned, Stover and even Ibuka have not been completely active in all of their games, but Ohio State has depth at tight end with G. Scott Jr., and they have Carnell Tate and Julian Fleming and Brandon Innes and other pieces. Really great depth at wide receiver. Kyle McCord has 17 passing touchdowns right now. C.J. Stroud last year had 41. Um, There's a possibility that Kyle McCord, given how this offense has functioned, and that it will face a great Michigan defense at the end of the season and face great defenses in the postseason, whether that's in their bowl game or the college football playoff, there is a reasonable outcome where Kyle McCord doesn't reach 30 passing touchdowns. I mean, that is a possibility. And I think a lot of that is due to the statistic below the passing offense, as well as we'll get to this in a few seconds, the offensive line. The rushing attack has really taken a step back. Now, with Travion Henderson back in, the rushing attack has spark. You have to defend the run. You can no longer just defend the pass against Ohio State. Ryan Day, even when the run game has had little presence, has stubbornly chose to run the football. Last year, Ohio State nearly rushed for 200 yards per game, and they had over two rushing touchdowns. I watched, I think I already mentioned this, Indiana versus Ohio State highlights from 2022, the holes that Luke Whipler, Matthew Jones, Donovan Jackson, and that offensive line, Paris Johnson Jr., the holes they would open up were outer-worldly. I mean, Ohio State's offense last year was an elite offensive line. I watched that Ohio State offensive line, and part of me is thinking, I know that this Michigan offensive line is probably better than advertised, but I'm thinking, you know, maybe Michigan could benefit from last year's Ohio State's, or the Buckeyes, rather, offensive line. I mean, they were opening up holes against Indiana. They were able to run somewhat successfully against Michigan and Penn State, and really, the running back room was plagued by injuries throughout the whole season. It wasn't the best rushing attack in the nation, and it likely wouldn't have been even if the running backs were completely healthy, but if Henderson was healthy, if Williams was healthy, for the whole season last year, Ohio State would have ran for over 200 yards per game easily. This season, Williams is unfortunately out for the year. Henderson looks fully healthy. Chip Trainum is completely engaged as a running back. That's his position now, and Ohio State's not even running for 150 yards per game, and on average, they're only rushing for 1.7 touchdowns per game. That makes my prediction of Ohio State running for close to 250 yards per game look absolutely laughable. Um, Yeah, 134.3 rushing yards per game, and Ohio State currently, on offense, has passed it 280 times, ran for 303 times, and they're only averaging 4 yards per carry flat. Flat. And they face Notre Dame, who has a good defense. A great defense, rather. They faced Penn State, who has an elite defense. But against Maryland and against Indiana, Maryland, by the way, does not have a good defense whatsoever. They struggled to run the football. And this makes Ohio State's offense somewhat predictable. If you can get them to, quote-unquote, 
ways to play by running the football, which they did a ton against Penn State and a ton against Maryland, then, well, you know they're going to pass, likely to Marvin Harrison Jr., and that makes the offense that much more predictable, that much easier to stop, especially the case in the red zone. And I think that's why you see the passing yardage per game is about the same, but the passing touchdowns per game, there's a big drop-off there. Big. That's like a third of last year's passing touchdowns just wiped off the board with the same wide receiver core, tight end room, and arguably with a year of training, those groups have gotten better compared to last season. I think that this offense, because of the run game, and also because of an offensive line that is allowing basically an extra sack per game and several more pressures compared to last season, and the team as a whole is only averaging 6.1 yards per play as opposed to 7.2 yards per play, and this is including Marvin Harrison Jr.'s long touchdowns and Henderson's long touchdowns too. This Ohio State offense, if they don't get around the corner, if they don't get in space, it's very hard for them to be consistent and to methodically drive down the field. For example, against Penn State, and yes, we're comparing Ohio State's offense to Penn State's defense because if you're Ohio State, you're expected to beat the best and play against the best. And Penn State is one of the best defenses in all of college football. They won on one methodical drive, maybe two, but from what I remember, one. There's one drive that really impressed me that Ohio State started off with. And then after that, you know, punt, punt, struggled to run. Ohio State ran in that game to control the game. And ironically enough, I thought they had a more successful rushing attack than Penn State. Penn State just broke off one or two big runs that I think skewed the numbers. But this offensive line really holds the team back. You give this year's Travion Henderson, last year's Michigan or Ohio State offensive line, this team's rushing for over 150 yards per game, even with Henderson's injuries. Chip Trainum would be renowned as a power back behind a better offensive line. McCord would be more accurate, less under duress. You'd probably see... A few more passing touchdowns, he'd probably cross the 20 mark by now already, and the offense overall would be better off, and that's combined with a defense that has improved a ton. If if Ohio State had a better offensive line, what I'm saying is they'd be even better than they were last year. And last year was a national championship caliber team that got aced at home by Michigan, and I'll just leave it at that. Keeping in mind, you know, the controversy, sign stealing, and also the fact that on the field they just got, you know, out physicaled, were horribly undisciplined with tackles, they got emotional in the, the second half and just broke down. And then against Georgia, one field goal and one caught interception from Stetson Bennett away from destroying TCU in the place of Georgia and going thirteen and one and winning it all. Last year was an elite team. People just remember the O and two after the 11-0 start, but people forget the 11-0 start. This Ohio State team, in spite of their issues on offense, can win it all. McCord is not as elite as C.J. Stroud, but he's a great quarterback, and right now he's fifth in the country in quarterback efficiency. And against Rutgers, one comment put it perfectly, he made a lot of accurate throws, a lot of clutch throws, one-on-one, and Rutgers has great corners. They have a great secondary. That's the strength of their defense, is their pass defense. Not their run defense, even though they also have a good run defense. He made a lot of good throws. 
He had one bad throw to a Rutgers defender that gave the Scarlet Knights the lead during the half, but earlier in the game, before halftime, I was thinking to myself, why is Ryan Day like trying to run two out of three plays against Rutgers? Why are you doing that? You have a hard time running unless you get open space. I know Henderson is better at powering through this season, but the offensive line doesn't do him any favors. You you run him and you start him over Trainum because he can hide the offensive line's weaknesses. Trainum and Williams can't. They don't have that same athleticism and make something out of nothing ability that Henderson has. McCord was having tremendous success passing in the first quarter against Rutgers. Why did you stop him from slinging it around? So I think that McCord is a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Is he C.J. Stroud? No. If C.J. Stroud was on this team, I think that he's so elite, just judging off of his performance in the NFL and in college, that Ohio State would likely have an extra passing touchdown per game, and this team would actually look like one of the best teams in the country. They'd have a strong argument via the eye test to be the number one team in the country if you just replaced McCord with Stroud. But that's what happens when one generational player substitutes in for a great or near elite player. That's not realistic. You don't get a C.J. Stroud every year. Even Lincoln Riley doesn't. You look at Kyler Murray in the NFL, you look at Baker Mayfield in the NFL, they're not having the same success that C.J. Stroud is. They aren't. Jalen Hurts is, but it took him a while to get there. And Lincoln Riley also you know, tailors his offense especially to perform against weaker defenses. When he faced Notre Dame's defense or Utah's, what did that offense do? Exactly. Crickets, turnovers, punts, pathetic three and outs, and having to rely on Zachariah Branch and a turnover-heavy defense to take advantage of Notre Dame and Utah's mediocre-to-bad offenses. You can't have a generational quarterback every cycle. So it's more realistic is alleviating that pressure on McCord and future quarterbacks by improving at the offensive line. And unfortunately, McCord is playing with Ryan Day's worst offensive line. That's not up for debate. The offense will improve, perhaps dramatically, if the O-line can find a spark, or if they can successfully rally around Henderson. Maybe Henderson running and turning something that looks like a busted play into a 65-yard gain like he did against Rutgers, that can improve the offensive line's confidence because that can take some pressure off of them. They no longer feel like they have to make every play perfectly. They can be more comfortable with making mistakes because they have a guy who has their back and who can pick them up in the same way that they can you know, pick Henderson and pick McCord up. So the woes for Ohio State's offense are clear. And this is a frustrating offense to watch. It's a disappointing, lethargic offense to watch, given the talent that it has. But calling for McCord to be benched is lunacy. That's part of the reason why I made this video. And I just want to put in perspective bringing up C.J. Stroud and his success at the NFL and also collegiate level. He is not the standard. He can't be. He had 3,688 passing yards last year, 41 passing touchdowns, 6 interceptions, a 177.7 passer rating that's weighed down by a you know hurricane of a game that was played against Northwestern, and Ryan Day not 
giving him total freedom or making stubborn play calls against Penn State and Michigan, and Stroud still succeeded against Penn State. And in 2021, Stroud had 4,435 passing yards, 44 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, a 186.6 passer rating, and he averaged 10.1 yards per pass attempt, and he averaged 9.5 in 2022. Also, don't forget his two bowl games against Utah and Georgia, where he just lit those opposing defenses on fire and then poured oil until those defenses exploded. Unfortunately for him, his defense nearly cost him a loss against Utah, and it did cost him a loss against Georgia. Fix the offensive line, improve the run game, actually control time of possession. Ohio State this season, this is a fun fact, last year's team was better at controlling games and owning time of possession than this year's team is. That's a red flag. It's definitely a red flag. But there are ways to improve the offense. I don't think it relates much to Kyle McCord. I think that McCord is doing the best that he can do. I think giving him a, a better supporting cast and more time will result in him becoming a better quarterback. Great supporting casts build great players. Look at Stetson Bennett. I mean, look at Stetson Bennett and how he progressed as a college football player. Look at J.J. McCarthy right now with Michigan. Look at the, the opposite effect of this. Look at Brian Lewerke at Michigan State. He had no supporting cast and it wrecked him. So build the supporting cast if you're Ryan Day in Ohio State. Thank you so much to my Patreon sponsors for sponsoring this video and supporting the channel. Your support is always appreciated, however it is never expected. Thank you to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Roge for being Heisman patrons. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Noody DLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American patrons. And thank you to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference patrons. Have a phenomenal day, guys, and I'll see you all around. Bye-bye.